This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. So we are again uh, concluding today our uh, premarital counseling, and this piece that I was doing and finishing up is the natural and spiritual consideration before marriage. The natural and spiritual consideration before marriage. And we have three objectives, and then we're just going to, to get right into this so that we can finish this today. The three objectives that we had for this particular section of the teaching is to, uh, to revisit the co- components of restoration. In case we have failed to keep the standards of God, we need to be restored before we can go on and do anything else. It was, number two, to understand and embrace the truth about the consequences of being out of season, understanding that consequences are real. Uh, Remember, good or bad, consequences are real. And then finally, what we're finishing up today, objective number three, is to understand the spiritual, the natural requirements individually. So we're talking about individual this is an individual thing to, to understand that there's a natural and a spiritual and a natural requirement before marriage. And so, again, we're going to finish that up. So let's turn to Psalms chapter 1. I neglected uh, last week to go and read our foundational text. This is what we were using as a foundational text um, just for the, just to not just for this teaching uh, particularly, but um, to sum up our overall series to sum up the overall series on our premarital class. In Psalms 1, uh, chapter 1, starting with verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, this is what you've been getting all this time for premarital class. You've been getting godly counsel. So the word of the Lord says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit, In his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And this is what we were telling you. If we would just not stand in the way of the sinners, not do what they do, not go where they go, not participate in what they participate in, not allow them to bend your ear about anything, but you need to concentrate, you need to set your affections, you need to hear, you need to receive, you need to apply this word, all the word, but particularly what we're talking about is this premarital, because God says in his word, that if you would do, just do and just follow, just lavish in his word, just meditate. Let that be your delight, that you want to hear from him, that you want to be pleasing in his sight, that you want to do what you need to do 
for you so that you can be prepared for the next stage of your life which could, put, which could potentially be marriage because God says that you will eat the good of the land if you would just follow just do exactly 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 what he tells you to do you shall eat the good of the land and you shall bring forth fruit in the season that is prepared just for you and we're talking again specifically just about premarital this is this this scripture and this word transcends and it goes across all the whole gamut of your life but we're specifically talking about the premarital class so it is very important very 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 important that we understand and accept and embrace that the seasons in our lives are ordained by God it's important that we ex- we accept that and we embrace that that God is the one who orchestrates he is the one that has planned out we cannot alter we cannot rush we cannot skip any season that he has set for our lives we cannot skip it we cannot alter it we can't rush it write this down and then we're going to we're going to go from here write this down every season that appears to me to be unprofitable every season that appears to me to be unprofitable unpleasant uncomfortable unnecessary every season that appears to me to be unprofitable unpleasant uncomfortable or unnecessary will will prove to have been beneficial it will prove to have been beneficial and will appear beautiful to the glory of God in the proper time every season that appears to me to be unpleasant unprofitable uncomfortable unnecessary will prove to have been beneficial and will appear beautiful to the glory of God in the proper time we have to wait patiently on the Lord in our waiting And in our waiting, we have to focus on what needs to be done at that given time and in that given moment. That should be the focus. Not focusing on the season and how much time the season is, but focusing on the work that has to be done. What is God wanting to accomplish in that season so that we can be ready for the next? God's methodology has not changed and it will not change. We have to adapt. We have to adapt to his methodology, his way. Not trying to change it to suit our own methods and our own ways. We have to follow him. Now, God said to us last week, and and, and, and with that said, with that said, and because the Holy Spirit is the discerner of thoughts, we need to clarify the terms of your fast. Because Because the Holy Spirit is a discerner of your thoughts. We said last week that God, and this is not a suggestion, we're saying that God is commanding. God is saying this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. 30-day fast for those who have just been thinking about just some, you're, just, you're in a relationship, a, a romantic relationship, 30 days. Just, that, that's just the basic, right? Basic, 30 days. Three months. He said your fast needs to be three months. I said last week, If you have had any physical contact, if you have had any physical, uh, and last week I believe I said sexual intercourse, 
Well, the Lord, uh, he chastised me about that because we need to see it the way he sees it. And remember, you need to go back to your teachings of what, about what you've heard about illicit sex and about intimacy and about all of those and about dating and about. And so the, I'm going to give it to you the way the, what the, the exact way the Lord gave it to me. I said sexual intercourse. But what happens uh, before then? He says, if you have exchanged any bodily fluids, right? So we know that intercourse, that's what that's about. That's, it's, about becoming, it's about exchanging, it's about exchanging bodily fluids. But the Lord said, if, I'm not talking about sexual intercourse. We're not talking about that, that, that act itself. If you have exchanged any bodily fluids, that means if you have tongue kissed somebody, that means three months is for you. <laughs> this is the way God sees it because now you have connected yourself in a way so we're talking about we talking about more than just a friendship more than just a, a holding of the hands we're talking about when intimate when you have begun even beyond intimacy remember because we're talking about intimacy is not not a physical contact at all intimacy is not a physical contact at all but if you have had any type of bodily fluid exchange with somebody that three months is for you that helps clarify your questions. That helps clear again, the spirit is a discerner. Six months, I said three months, if you've had any bodily fluids exchanged and you have stopped, you, you've stopped in the past. Six months, if you're still currently doing it. Six months, if you're still currently doing it, because now you need to stop. And then, you need, because you need three months to just get over the fact and then you need the other three months. But in those, in those three 30 days, in those three months, in those six months, and again, don't play legalism with God. I'm just telling you what he says, and you just take that up with him. Right? But even in those 30, those three months, those six months, whatever the case is for you in your situation, that means no contact. That means no texting. I needed to clarify this. That means no calling, no tweeting, no emailing. That means no following on social media. You don't follow them on social because that means you're trying to still keep up with them. That's no communication whatsoever. No following them on social media. By no means. No verbal, no nonverbal communication, no face-to-face, and no virtual. That should cover all the gamut. So there's no question in your mind about what God is saying. All communication should be cut off. And again, that's that, and we're going to move on from there. Objective number three, the spiritual and natural requirements, which we started last week. Stability was A. Stability. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. And let's look at verse 6. Colossians 2. Verse 6. And the scripture reads, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. The rudiments, those are the principles of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete 
in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Ye are complete in him. So we started talking about stability last week. And our, uh, found our scripture for that is here found in, in Colossians chapter 6. That stability is being rooted, is being built up, it's being established in Christ. We're talking about being established in Christ. We are, you are. Complete. We are complete and whole in Him. If you have accepted Him as your Lord and your Savior, you are complete and you are whole in Him. You are valuable to Him. And it is only in Him that you will find your value. You have to have this stability before you get married. Married. You have to find, you have to know that God, you are valuable to God. You have to know that that marriage is not going to make you, it's not going to add any value to your life. Because you have a, a, missed, a, a, a Mrs. in front of your name. And you have somebody else's last name. You don't, that's not, it's not going to make you of any value, of any more value for you to have a wife on your arm. That is not where your stability comes. Your stability is being in Christ. Knowing, being rooted and established in Him. That is where your stability is going to come from. So naturally, your spiritual stability in Christ will give you a natural stability independent of others. It will give you a natural stability independent of others. You never want to be reliant or dependent on people or a person. You cannot be reliant on, a peop- on people or a person to be stable, to be established, to be enduring. Oh, I can endure if I just had somebody to, to go. No, 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 no. God is you and God alone. You and God. If God can't help you through it, then you can't be helped. Okay, so so it, it's not about being being uh, uh, waiting on someone to be endure to, so that you can endure, so that you can be steadfast. If I just got married, you know, then I'd be able to concentrate on doing. No, 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 no. Stability in Christ. You have to be stable. You cannot rely on somebody else to to uh, for you to be steady in your purpose. Not waiting to get married so then I can just focus on my purpose. No. Let's get this out of the way, the marriage thing out of the way so I can... No, it does not work like that. You cannot be dependent on anybody else to be steady in your purpose and firm in your resolution. You cannot allow that. Because what happens, you... So you, you wait to get married and you say, well, I'll be stable when I, I'll, you know, focus on my, uh, on, on what I need to do when I get married. And I'll be, you know, I'm going to resolve to follow God when I, no, because what's going to happen is once, once those challenges start coming up in your marriage, now you're going to go back to being flaky. There's no way. You can't, your dependence on somebody else, all of those things being established in God, being, being, being ready to, to, to continue in your purpose, to be firm in your resolution, resolution to continue with God. That has to be solely on the fact that I have a relationship and a fellowship with God. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing to do with anybody else. You don't want your peace of mind and your sanity, your emotional stability to be dependent on another person. You don't want that. Because again, people will fail you. Not always intentionally. But we are people. People are people. 
and they will fail you unintentionally and sometimes intentionally. They will disappoint you. They will hurt you. Sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. But it is going to happen. And if you, and if you are, are, are relying on your peace of mind, if you are relying on, on your emotional stability to be rooted in somebody else and be dependent on somebody else, you are going to live a life most miserable all the days of your life. Your reliance needs to be on God. And again, this is why God is telling you, you need this separation time. You need that because you need time to establish stability in me. You need time. You need time to establish stability in me. That's allowing, that's not allowing something or someone else to occupy a space that is only intended for God. You are allowing people, you are allowing a person to occupy, occupy a space that was only intended for God, your creator. God, your creator. B, maturity. Maturity. I said last week, if you cringe, if you just cringe at the thought of, of being separated from that person 30 days and you're trying to make it 30, but God is a, a, a most, he said most of, most of you are following into that, that, that three month category. And so you were trying, you were trying your best. Well, what does she mean by that? And what does she say? Did she really say what? You know, I'm 30, I think I'm 30 days. Listen, if you had all of that in mind, maturity is what God is trying to work with you on. Your stability in him and your maturity is what he is trying to work with you on. Your spiritual maturity, that's being in position. And I like what, what Minister Eberhard, Eberhard said. He wanted to call it spiritual. He started to call it spiritual stability. It's just about uh, uh, maturity. It's just about being mature, period. If you're spiritually mature, it's going to take care of the, the gamut of the, of, the, of the other in your life. So maturity is just maturity, and that's being in position and at, a, at the place where you are hearing, where you are accepting, where you are embracing, where you are obeying the Word of God through the teaching, through the counsel, through the Holy Spirit. You are embracing, you are hearing, you are accepting, you are embracing, and you are obeying the Word of God through the teaching, the counseling. And the Holy Spirit. Through the teaching that comes from this place, through the counsel that someone gives you one-on-one, including your parents, your godly parents, giving you counsel. When your pastor pulls you to the side, texts you, emails you, when another one of the other ministers, even one, just, just, just anybody in, in, the, in, in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ. But you never know, never know who God is going to use to, to get a word over to you. So you never ever take those things for granted. You need to hear. You need to accept. You need to embrace. You need to obey the word of God through that, through the counseling, and through the Holy Spirit. Do not despise the Holy Spirit. Do not neglect. Do not, do not uh, uh, um, try to tune out the Spirit of God. Because listen, it's no doubt in my mind. It's no doubt in my mind. Even last week when we, when we started talking about the fasting and God dropped that in your lap about the fasting. The Holy Spirit told you. That's why I said God, he, he's a discerner of the Spirit. Because he, he dropped, he, you knew, you already knew because he dropped it. The Spirit of God dropped that's, that's you. But you wanted to try to, you wanted to try to reason it out. You wanted to try to think about, you know, ways that you could, you know, make it 30 days be, that's, that 30 days, that's, that's what, that's what God is calling me to. 30 days. Now the Holy Spirit, again, the Holy Spirit is a discerner. And if he, 
And he understood. He understood. He heard. He heard the words that you said. Even those thoughts. Even the very thought that you had. That is the Holy Spirit trying to minister. to Trying to direct you and trying to guide you. And when you try to, 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 to uh, discredit him. When you try to, to, to rethink. Try to think about you know something else when you try to to try to tune him out when you try to make it not you you are despising the holy spirit that the lord that god the holy spirit that the lord placed in you on purpose to help you he placed it in in you on purpose to help you so don't despise god's grace in that manner lavish in that wash in that that god loves me so much that he placed his holy spirit in me to be my guide to be my guide and to lead me and to direct me uh, 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 according to his way. It is not acting, the spiritual maturity period. It is not acting, not reacting, not responding out of a toddler or, a, or an adolescent mentality. A toddler, I told you last week about my son, uh, my, my, about my grandson Ezra. He comes to me, you know, and people like to say, you know, babies love you. Babies don't love you. They don't know anything about love. When they when they come when they cry and, and they raise their hands and, and it's not that they love you they don't love you that you got something that they want you're standing up while they sitting down I want to be up there with you you my grandson comes to me he, he I'm at my computer he comes to me and he's reaching up his hand and he you know he wants me to pick him up and not, it's not because he loves me it's not because he misses me it's not because he just wants me me to give him some hugs and some kids. that's not what he wants he wants to get up there so he can bang on my on my computer he wants to move my mouse that's his whole purpose and, that, and so we cannot we cannot act like toddlers and 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 act like adolescents when it comes to the just to things period not just spiritual things but natural things as well you can't have your way you can't always have your way it's just not going to happen and so we use people we, we manipulate people and we use people we use things and situations and people and emotions to gain control or to have our way and to get by spiritual maturity maturity period it has nothing to do with that it's a what did I say? It's hearing the word. It's accepting the word. It's embracing. It's obeying. Regardless of how you feel. Regardless of what you want. Maturity is about grasping those things and holding on to those things and obeying. It's, it's uh, spiritual uh, uh, immaturity. It's not considering the consequences or taking them lightly. That is adolescent. That's, again... My grandson, going back to my grandson, he, sockets. He, I mean, so, he he has no clue of the consequences. But with the spirit of God living on the inside, you know right from wrong. Hearing the word, you know right from wrong. So you need to consider those consequences. You need to consider them and don't take them lightly. Understanding that your actions have consequences whether good or bad we've said that your actions have consequences don't act like a toddler don't act like uh, an adolescent don't act like a teenager and, and again what I t- t- told you last week maturity ha- it has nothing to do with you being a, a teenager as, as far as the number is concerned you can be very mature very mature in, in, in situations you can be very mature Hearing, accepting, embracing, and obeying the word of God. 
So being able to handle challenges naturally, being able to handle challenging situations by thinking them through, thinking them through before you act, before you react. Before you respond, that's in, just talking about communication, period. And not just communication with a potential mate, but we're talking about communication, period. Communication with your parents, communication with your boss, communication with, with your sisters and your brothers, uh, in your house and outside of your, in your church. All of those things, it's, it's about thinking things through without, before you act, before you react. Allowing the Spirit of God to lead you and direct you. Allowing the Spirit of God to lead you and direct you. It is, is being able to make rational, rational and knowledgeable, rational and knowledgeable and well thought out decisions. Knowledgeable, well thought out decisions. Not based on emotions, not based on the lust of your flesh or your pride. Not based on any of that, but being able to apply the word in purely natural and simple situations. Just apply the word purely, pure, purely, in purely natural and simple situations. That's being mature. That is being mature. And C was transparency. Intimacy with God. And Minister Haston talked about that. Transparency is being intimate with God. Remember, we said intimacy it has nothing to do with any physical contact. No physical contact whatsoever has nothing to do with that. Intimacy with God where you are crying out to him and acknowledging. So that's the difference between, between intimacy with God and intimacy with people. Intimacy with God is that you are just acknowledging your faults, your struggles. You're not exposing them. You expose to people. Because they can't see what's going on with you. You are not, you are not exposing, you only acknowledging your faults because he already knows what's going on. But you need to, you need to acknowledge with him. You're not, uh, acknowledge with him your faults and your struggles. You acknowledge this for you. The acknowledgement is for you. When you go to God and you're crying out to him about your faults, about your struggles, it is about you acknowledging it for you because it keeps you humble. When you know your faults and you know your struggles, it keeps you humble and it keeps you in the proper mindset to seek him and depend on the Holy Spirit for grace to produce fruit and produce works that are worthy of God's approval. You cannot do anything on your own. You cannot do anything. You can't be a good husband. You can't be a good wife. You can't, you can't even uh, uh, um, do the things that God is, is expecting, has, has carved out for you to do. Your ministry, your what, whatever the case is, ministering to the law. You cannot do any of that, any of that, until you are first exposing yourself and first acknowledging to God your faults so that he can help you in those things. When you start to think you got a big head and you know there's nothing wrong with me and you no 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 no. We all there we're all struggling with something. We all have a challenge in some area in our life that only God can help us fix. So we have to you have to acknowledge that before him so that the spirit of God can produce help to produce the grace in you to produce the fruit and the works that are worthy of his approval. Of his approval. Intimacy with, intimacy with someone that you're courting. And remember we talked about 
Minister Hill talked about that. That intimacy when you are courting, uh, uh, courting someone as a prospective marriage covenant partner, then you are exposing your heart to them at that point. Your heart is with the, your, the, your passions, what you're passionate about, the things that, that you have resolved to do, your resolutions, your beliefs, your faith. Your faults and your struggles. I told you that this is not a time uh, after the marriage, after the marriage ceremony, that is not a time to reveal things uh, that you're struggling with. That is not the time. You need to reveal those things in your intimate time with your covenant, with this person that you are as a prospective mate to be your, your, your prospective marriage covenant partner. In that courting stage, that's when you need to be intimate with that person, exposing your heart to them so that they can see those things. And again, you are allowing them. You are giving them information so they can make an informed decision about whether or not they want to marry you or not. Whether they want to continue along that courting stage to that marriage stage. They have, that, that, that is very disrespectful. It is very, uh, immature. It is very unstable of you to, to, to just Make that decision for them without giving them, you're making it for them when you're not giving them the information for them to make the decision on their own. Then you're trying to make the decision for them. And that is not, that is not the time. The courting phase is the exact and proper time for this type of intimacy. Things that you like, things that you dislike, those are the times to discuss those kinds of things. So we don't, we don't think about that during, you know, courting. Courting is the real deal. Courting should be the real deal. That's the real deal. That's the, this is me exposing myself, the real me to you. We're not talking about the dating stage where you're trying to impress and you're trying to, you know, you put your, your best foot forward and you're trying to impress somebody. That's not the time for, courting is not the time to, to impress anybody. That's not the time. You do that while you're dating. You do that while you're dating. But when you are courting someone, and, because again, the courting stage, that's the stage right before you say I do. That's the stage right before you say I do. That's the real deal. That's the nakedness. Without being naked physically, that's the nakedness. Open. Open about your financial situation. Open about... Uh, uh, um, about all of those things, about again, about your likes, about your dislikes, about your personal struggles, about your fi- your financial struggle, about your financial position. All of those—that's the time right there to get that all out in the open. Open. That's the time where you start intimacy with the family, with the other person's family. Them getting to know you, spending more time with it because they—they they should already know. You know, in the dating stage, they should—you know—they should know you. But, but intimacy, I'm talking about getting, really getting to know you. Really getting to know you. That is the, the part that you do in the courting stage. And then we have, uh, orderly financial affairs. That's letter D. Orderly financial affairs. This is consistency in bringing what belongs to God. And that is the tithe. Consistency in bringing what belongs to God which is the tithe, and giving. So you need to be consistent. You need to have already made up in your mind. That needs to already be a resolution. We talked about those resolutions that you need to be uh, exposing to that potential spouse in, in that courting stage. You need to let them know, I've already resolved to be a tither. I've already resolved to be a giver. I've already, that's established. Listen, listen. It should be resolved in your heart that bringing the tithe is just like breathing. 
<laughs> it's just like breathing. It's just that natural. A natural function that doesn't require thinking. It don't require me even thinking about it. When you breathe, you're not thinking, I need to take a breath. I, we, we, don't, we shouldn't have to think, oh, I need to tithe. Oh, I need to tithe. No, it should be natural. It should be natural. As natural as breathing. That's how natural it should be. It should be a natural function that doesn't require any thinking. You just do it. And it's uncomfortable and unsettling when you don't. It needs to be just like breathing. When you, when you hold your breath, after a while, it becomes unsettling. After a while, it becomes uncomfortable. And tithing needs to be the same way. If I don't tithe, it's uncomfortable. If I don't tithe, if I don't bring my tithe, it, it's unsettling. That you need to have already established. You need to be firmly established in that. Obedience to the will and the plan of God. Obedience to the will and the plan of God to provide for the house and the servant of God. To support the place where you are fed and to support the one who feeds you. That needs to already be established. That, remember, we talked about that. Go back and listen to the teachings that we had of Next Gen Service. We were talking about getting your financial affairs in order. And you, you will hear all of this. You need to, for that support that, that you need, that you might need, you go back and listen to that. We're talking about obedience to the will and the plan of God to provide for you and to provide for the house and the servant of God to support the place where you are fed and to support the one who feeds you. That needs to already be established. Naturally. The natural orderly affairs. Naturally. What I do with the 90%, the remaining 90% is also yielded to the principles in God's word. The 90. The 90 remaining is also yielded. It's also yielded, subject to the principles in God's Word. Again, go back and listen to the Next Gen Services. And keep your ears open to your pastor's teachings right now. As she has been uh, interrupted for, for a second, but I'm sure she'll probably go back to that. So you need to, all of those, you go back and listen to the teachings that she did early on. In September, before we started a pastor appreciation. Go back and listen. I consider everything that needs to be taken care of and planned and spent or set aside accordingly. Remember, living, saving, and investing. That's the, or, that's the natural, the orderly, orderly financial affairs for the natural. Living, saving, and investing. I plan and I take care of those things accordingly. And again, that's all a part of what the principle in God's word. The principle, he that, that, that don't work, don't eat principle in God's word. It's a principle. You tithe, God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. A principle in God's word. It's all about it's all about allowing the word, applying the word so that it can take root, so that you can be established, and so that it can help you produce fruit. It can help you be productive in life. That's what it's all about. Not being in a bunch of debt, orderly affairs. You don't want to go into a marriage and, and, your, and that potential spouse should not want you to join. To, he, he or she should not want to join themselves to you. If your financial affairs are not in You in a lot of debt. You want me to pay your bills. Bills that you made before me. And you want me to help you pay your bills. That's not... You can't start... 
Again, marriage has already has challenges to begin with. You don't want to add financial challenges on top of that. You don't want to add financial challenges on top of that. Not being in a bunch of debt, not being under financial strain. You don't want that. As a matter of fact, look, I, I, and I know, and everybody doesn't do this. And so I, I commend people because I've, I've known one or two. I've known one or two that I just know, that I just know of. When they started that courting stage and they started talking about uh, uh, the marriage stage and, and them getting married, they decided, listen, we are both. We're going to work on getting out of this. So how long does that take? However long it takes. However long it takes. You plan. You. Only you plan for uh, a six-month or a year-long courting stage. Only you did that. That courting stage, that engagement stage. Only you did that. It may take you two years. It may take you three years. To get out of debt. In mind. Maybe you need to not consider courting until you've already reached that stage. Where you're not financially strapped. Where you're, you're not in a bunch of debt. Because again, taking that into a marriage is going to be a cha- an extra challenge that you do not need. Lastly, commitment. And we're going to wrap this up with this. Commitment. Commitment is our last one. And that is a demonstration of loyalty, faithfulness, duty, obligation to, go, to God. So we're talking about spiritual commitment first. Demonstration of loyalty, faithfulness, duty, obligation to God must be obvious and sincere. We talked about, we talked about being that transparency. It must be obvious and sincere. Obvious. If you can't commit to God, your creator, if you can't commit to God, your creator, your savior, the one who provides for you, your provider, your deliverer, you definitely can't commit to a mere man or a woman that is subject to and will fail you and disappoint you. If you can't commit yourself to a God who is faithful when you're not faithful, if you cannot commit yourself to a God who is a provider, who will be, he says, lo, I will be with you even until the end. If you can't commit yourself to that God, then you definitely cannot commit yourself to a mere man or a woman that is subject to frailties just like you are. There's no way that you're going to be able to do that. You are through looking. So, and naturally, and we're going to kind of intertwine this. Actually, I kind of want to go through the natural first. You are through looking at that point. Remember, go back and listen to the teaching. Minister Hill talk during the courting stage. You are through looking. Your dedication, your loyalty, your faithfulness, it should be demonstrated at this time of courting. It should be, be, it should be demonstrated at this courting stage. This is making the conscious the conscious decision to join yourself with another imperfect person. It says, I'm through looking. I, I've decided that, that you are the one. I'm going to focus my attention. I'm going to show you that I am dedicated to this relationship. I'm going to show you that I'm going to be loyal, that I'm going to be faithful to this relationship. Uh, it is, is about making this decision, this conscious decision, to join yourself with another imperfect person who is subject to and will fail you, just like we said a few minutes ago. Um, in whether it's great or small things. They can disappoint you in great or small things. But are you going to run when that happens? Are you going to cut? Well, you know, today we, we, we engage. Tomorrow we're not because we're going through struggle. No, this is the time to show. Because listen, if you do that in the courting stage, you're definitely going to do that once you're married. 
No, this is the time to say, listen, I know your, and that's why the intimacy is so important. I know your thoughts. I know what, what, what goes on. I know your struggles. But I have decided, I have decided, I've made the consciousness. That's why I said, you have to, you have to allow that person to make that decision. I've made a, I'm making a conscious decision that I want to be with you. With all of your frailties, all of my frailties, I want to be with you. You have to, you have to have considered your stability. Listen. You have to have considered, to make a commitment, you have to have considered your stability, your maturity, all those things we talked about, what you have revealed for the cause of transparency and your financial affairs. And you have to consider the other person's stability, maturity, and what they revealed uh, for the cause of transparency and their financial position. And then you make the decision to unite and become one with that person despite of, in spite of. That's the courtesy. That's the commitment that you're making. Now listen. During, during Christ courted us. Christ courted us. Stay with me. And this is a prime. This is a, a, a prime example. A prime example of, of of commitment. During Christ's courting stage with us, he volunteered to come suited in an earthly body. Follow me. He volunteered to come suited in an earthly body as he occupied on earth sinless and doing the works of the Father. He put on a suited body, an earthly body. He put that on. He occupied the earth sinless and doing the works of the Father. His Father and our Father. Listen. His Father and our Father. Focusing on the work to be done in that season with the end goal in mind. Listen to that. That's a replica. We need to follow that. Suited in an earthly body. He occupied earth sinless and doing the works of the Father. His Father, our Father. Focusing on the work that needed to be done in that season. He didn't get ahead of God, the Father. He endured that whole time. The whole time that he walked. He didn't try to get ahead of God. No. He didn't try to get ahead of God. This is my bride. I just want to be married. This is my bride. I just want to get there. No. He focused on the work to be done with the end goal in mind. He didn't get ahead of the Father. But the season was well played out. He extended his intimacy. Listen. He extended intimacy by exposing himself and subjecting himself to the flesh. To experience all that we go through. Intimacy. He exposed himself. Subjected himself to the flesh. To experience all that we go through. He was getting to know the weaknesses of our flesh. And he still made the conscious decision to continue to pursue us in spite of. That's courting. The courting stage. He courted us. He courted us, getting to know our weaknesses of our flesh, getting to know that. And he made the conscious decision. It was no doubt in his mind that he was going to continue because he's God. But he was, he was going to make sure. He was going to, in spite of, in spite of us, in spite of our failures, in spite of, of us disappointing him. In spite of us being imperfect people, remember, go back and remember your definition of marriage. You're joining yourself to an imperfect person. In spite of us being an imperfect person. 
God courting us. Listen, he offered the dowry. Remember, go back and remember and, 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 and look at what, what Minister Hayson talked about the dowry. That's very important. He offered the dowry, the bride price. He, Christ, offered the bride price for you and for me before the Father. Before the Father, our Father, through Him, the bride price to secure our position as His bride. He offered the diary, doing the coin, say He offered the diary. He offered the diary to secure our position as His bride. As His bride, which means he endured the heartache. He endured the headache. He endured the shame of carrying the weight of our sin, the sickness and disease. He endured mistreatment. He laid down his life through his death. Commitment. He started to lay down his life. He laid down his life through his death, paying the full price of our sins. He paid that dowry. He paid that dowry. To secure our position. He hung, bled, and died. To secure our position as his bride. And he will return for us at the appointed time. (laughs) He will return for his bride at the appointed time. That is the day that the bridegroom shall return. This is the God of our salvation that we commit ourselves to. This is the God that we commit ourselves to. This is the God who washes us with his word. He washes us with his word that dresses us. He dresses us with his holiness and his righteousness. He dresses us with his holiness and his righteousness that we may stand before him as his bride without spot or wrinkle to present us to himself at his return. He's washing, he's cleansing us. He, is, he is, is clothing us with his holiness and his righteousness to secure us as his bride. No earthly man, no earthly man could ever take the place of our bridegroom. No earthly man could ever take the place of our bridegroom. He has won my affection. He has captured my heart. And I say that now I am his, completely his. Forever. Amen. Amen. Those are the things. That's what you have to be totally sold out to God. Totally sold out to him. And, and, and sold out to his will and to his way. Understanding that he paid the price for me. And because he paid the price for me, the life that I now live is not mine, but it is his that I, I live through him. It is, in, it is in him that I live and move and have my being. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.